is here to depend upon another race is a leadership that will enslave you. Any leadership that teaches you to depend upon another race is a leadership that will enslave you. They gave leadership to our forefathers and that leadership made them slaves. But we have decided to find a leadership of our own. Not your average nigga, I'm a god out the hood They can't downplay me, I came up, I'm elevated. elevated I ain't gotta say too much for them to know I'm coming for what's mine You know they see me in my presence, eh? They see how I'm coming Young, but you not just gonna finesse me like you did my people's name Back when you said they was emancipated This ain't that Your head too big, you feeling yourself The game wasn't fair, you had the advantage, we weren't educated Ooh. I don't look at you people the same nah. Your worst nightmare, my skin tone about them chains yeah. Not no circus lion, son, son, I can't be tamed <laughs> You gon' have to kill me, pussy, Toby ain't my name Y'all still wanna think our history started when we were slaves what? Come on now, talk about them pyramids we made I was chosen by that man, you know y'all just been running game The nerve of you acting like I ain't Peace, family Peace, peace, peace And welcome to the Campaign TV Show I'm your host, brother King Cam, and this is a special edition. So I really didn't have this scheduled or planned out, but this was something that the topic of the show or the subject, if you will, is something that has been building up and has really been on my heart the last couple of days. And I just felt like, hey, I want to come out and I want to speak on it. Because it was necessary for me to do that So what I want everybody to do Who is uh, watching from my YouTube channel Shout out to the YouTube family I need you to click The like button I need you to hit that like button I need you to smash the subscribe button And the like button And I need you to hit that bell So you can stay notified each and every time That we do a video family So hit that bell so you can be um, Get the notifications Yep get the notifications and man, um, I need you to make sure that you like and that you subscribe to the channel as well. Shout out to the family. Like I said, I know this was like super last minute, no notice. I'm about to send out a quick text real quick to see uh, if anybody want to tap in, join in um, to the conversation tonight. Uh, but yeah, man, I really want to discuss this because I've been on some platforms. I've been on some platforms and I keep hearing... A lot of this stuff, you know, about, uh, you know, the subject, what we're going to be discussing. And really, it's going to be uh, <laughs> Islam is not Arab culture. Islam is not Arab culture. And that's what I want to talk about. So let me go ahead and uh, send this text message out real quick. Because I wanna, wanted to address this. Because what you have is a lot of people teaching on Islam and they're teaching it from the lens of Islam being the Arab culture. So what happens is when they want to attack the nation of Islam, then what they say is that they utilize different points and try to say that this is what you should be doing or what you shouldn't be doing based on what the Arabs do. And that's not Islam. So that's what we got to. That's what we got to go ahead and straighten out tonight. That's what we got to straighten out tonight. Because 
what's 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 happening is people are actually believing it. Number one, obviously, right? Because if you have never studied Islam, then you're not gonna know. If you haven't studied Islam, then you're just not gonna know. So we wanna we want to set the record straight as it pertains to the fact that Islam is not solely confined to what Arab culture defines Islam as. Specifically from our perspective in the nation of Islam, because what a lot of people say is, or they try to throw this out there and say, well, the Muslim world doesn't accept the nation of Islam as real Muslims. They say that the nation of Islam are not real Muslims. Why? This is what, what you should ask though. Why do you not consider the nation of Islam real Muslims? Why? What is it that they do that does not coincide or reflect Islam? So first, the the main the difference between Orthodox Islam and what we teach in the nation of Islam is the fact that Walaikum Salam NBA squad is the fact that we believe that Allah appeared in the person or in a human being. We believe he appeared in the person of Master Fard Muhammad. But summing it up, we believe that Allah appeared in the form of a human being, a man. And this is what is considered shirk in traditional Islam or Orthodox Islam. So that's the only difference that we have in our beliefs. Because what did the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad say? A message to the black man. Got to get your message to the black man, right? In the message to the black man, the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad talks about some of the beliefs of the of Islam, and it says right here when it talks about the prophets of Islam, they include Noah, Abraham, Moses, Jesus, Job, David, Solomon, and Jonah. Right, so. We believe in all of the prophets. If you listen to the minister's lectures, when he opens up his lecture, he says that we believe and we are thankful to Almighty God, Allah, for all of his prophets, all of his messengers, the books and the scriptures that he revealed to those prophets and messengers, right? New Testament, Old Testament, Bible, the Holy Quran, right? Those scriptures are revealed to many prophets and messengers along the way. Because this stuff wasn't revealed at one time. The whole Bible wasn't revealed at one time. The Holy Quran was not revealed at one time. It was revealed to Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, over 23 years. So the fact that the Holy Quran was revealed over a, over a certain amount of time, these books are not just dropped out. And these parts of these books are not just laid on the messenger at one time and say, here, deliver this whole thing to a people. That's not how this grows. So, we believe in all of the prophets, all of the scriptures, right? We believe in one God, regardless to the name. So, whatever name that you attach to him, whether it's Jehovah, whether it's the most high God, whether it is Allah, huh? Yahweh, 
These are different names for God in different languages. These are different names for God in different languages. So in Islam, we believe in the oneness of God, whose proper name is Allah. Why? Because Allah encompasses all of the attributes of God. There are 99 attributes of God, and Allah encompasses all 99 attributes of the God. So his proper name is Allah, but some people refer to him as Jehovah. Some people refer to him as Yahweh. Some people refer to him as God. Right? We don't have no problems with that. We don't have no issues with that, family. So, what we want to straighten out, though, is how people are are trying to say that Islam is solely connected with Arab culture. It's solely connected with Arab culture. Now, people... Now people are associate associate Islam with Arab culture because that's how Islam was introduced on the mainstream circuit. This is how Islam was made, intro, introduced in the public. It was through Arabs and Arab culture. So because of that, people synonymously associate Islam and Arab culture, which is okay, which is fine. But that's not the end all be all. The most honorable Elijah Muhammad and the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan taught us that Islam was before Arabs. Islam has no beginning. Islam has no birth record. Islam is as old as God himself. So let me read you. What the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad said about Islam. He said, Islam means entire submission to the will of God. It is moreover a significant name. Its primary significance is the making of peace and the idea of peace. Is the dominant idea in Islam. The author of Islam is Allah, God. We just cannot imagine God being the author of any other religion other than but one of peace Since peace is the very nature of Allah God And peace he seeks for his people And peace is the nature of the righteous Most surely Islam is the religion of peace So when you study I'm talking about really study When you look at all of the messengers and the prophets That came before the Holy Quran was revealed In the Bible Whether it's Noah Moses Job, David, Jesus, any of those prophets or messengers, all of them were doing what? Submitting their will to do the will of God. This is what they were doing. They were submitting their will to do the will of God. So if you read the Bible, I don't know of there being anywhere in the Bible that states a specific religion for any of the prophets or any of the messages. I don't know where in the Bible it states specifically that Jesus was a Jew or Jesus was a Christian or Moses was a this or David was a that. He didn't say that they was Christians. He didn't say they was Jews. He uh, that practiced Judaism. 
He didn't say they was Muslims. <laughs> Sorry about that. He didn't say that they was Muslims, but it's revealed to us later in the Holy Quran that they were Muslims. Why? Because it says this. What does it say? Let's read. Let's check it out. The Holy Quran says, This day have I perfected for you your religion and completed my favor on you and chosen for you Islam as a religion. But whoever is compelled by hunger, not inclining willfully to sin, then surely Allah is forgiving and merciful. All right? So check this out. So it says that the God is saying that he perfected for you and for your religion, Islam, as your religion. Huh? He, he, he gave that as a name for your practice. But look, check this out. Because this is very important. This is how you're able to identify this in, this, in, the, uh, in the scripture of the Bible. Because it says in Surah 30, verse 30, it says, so set thy face for religion being upright, the nature made by Allah in which he has created men. There is no altering Allah's creation. That is the right religion, but most people know not. So if God is telling you that the right religion is the being upright, which is the nature made by Allah, and said that there is no altering Allah's creation. So Allah has created men to be upright. Huh? He created men to be upright and their nature is made by Allah. This is the religion though. He's telling you, I'm making a man. The man is upright. Uprightness or righteousness is his religion. That is the right religion, but most people know not. And then in the Quran, it tells you specifically what that religion is. This day have I perfected for you your religion and completed my favor to you and chosen for you Islam as a religion. So the, uh, so the God is saying that you are created in an upright nature. And that upright nature is your religion, which is called Islam. But it's a nature. It's not rituals. It's not ritualistic. It's not Arab culture. It's uprightness. That's what the religion is. It's not Arab culture. It's not wearing a beard. You understand me? It's not eating with your hands. You feel me? It's not, you know, subscribing to Arab culture. That's not what the Holy Quran says. That's not what the Holy Quran says. It says that man is created upright. And his nature is the right religion. Which means that your righteousness and your ability to treat others as you want to be treated is Islam. And that's the right religion. Come on. Come on now. Come on. Come on with me now. Because we got to get out of the mindset of if you a Muslim, you got to practice the way the Arabs practice. We got to come out of that mindset. 
Because we don't live in Palestine We don't live in Pakistan We don't live in Iran We don't live in Iraq We don't live in uh, You know anywhere over there in the, in the east In that particular part of the world Where the Arabs Are located We don't live over there So we don't have to practice The way that they practice They practice Islam And they have their own cultural Mechanisms that allow them to practice Islam There's nothing wrong with that But us over here in America Black people in America Black Muslims Practice Islam Slightly different Well brother King Ken What what are the principles of Islam? You know what are the, what are the principles of belief? Well, let me go ahead and give you that straight out of the mouth of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad. He said that the five, Islam has five beautiful fundamental principles of belief. The most essential of them all is the belief in one God. This was the belief oneness of God and preachings of the prophets of God from Noah to Muhammad. See, as I mentioned before, the prophets from Noah to Muhammad all was preaching what? Oneness of God, submission to the will of God, turn away from your wicked ways, right? Freedom, justice, and equality. Submission to the will of God. They teach in Islam. This is what the, this is what the prophets and the messengers were teaching. And we come to understand the principles of Islam. That we all align with prayer and fasting and and, and uh, making your pilgrimage, uh, making sure charity, right? These are all different things that are incorporated in Islam that we should be doing. These are the core tenets. The only difference between our core tenets and anybody else's core tenets is the culture. Because you got Muslims, you got Muslims in India, but they practice Islam with Indian culture. You got Muslims in Arabia, they practice Islam with Arab culture. You got black Muslims in America, and we practice Islam with black culture. Huh? We practice with black culture. So don't allow people to try and teach you. If you're unfamiliar with Islam, don't allow them to try to teach you that the only pathway through Islam or to Islam is through Arab culture, as if they set the standard. Because now we move into another point where a lot of people try to say, if you don't follow or practice Islam the way that the Arabs practice Islam, then you wrong and they right. Well, who made them the authority on what was proper as far as Islam is concerned? Well, didn't Prophet Muhammad, Brother King Cam, didn't Prophet Muhammad reveal the Holy Quran? Or didn't he, some people say, and they know, I know they be wrong when they say this. It depends on who's saying it, but most of them be wrong when they say that. Well, didn't he write the Quran? Or didn't he uh, teach the Quran? No, Prophet Muhammad did not write the Quran, number one. Prophet Muhammad was revealed the Quran through the angel Jibril from Allah. And as Allah revealed different parts of the Holy Quran to Prophet Muhammad, he would teach that 
to those who needed to hear that because the Arabs were in such bad condition. They needed a word, a scripture, a messenger, a prophet from God to come and guide them back on the right path. See, prophets don't come when everything is right. Prophets come when something is wrong and God sends a prophet and a messenger or messenger as a mercy to that people. Uh huh. All right. So Prophet Muhammad was a mercy from Allah to the Arabs to get back on the right track. He was a he was a he was a mercy from the God so that the people can get back on the right track. The Arabs are the ones that happened to be in a bad condition. So Allah sent them a scripture with a prophet to get them back on the right path. But that doesn't mean that Islam is confined to Arab culture. I want you to hear me. I want you to hear me. All right. Because this is very important because you got people out here that are using scripture from the Quran and they're using their idea of Islam and what they think they know of Islam and they're teaching it to the people as if it's verifiable truth. When all it is is truth mixed with falsehood. That's what they're doing. They're taking a little bit of the truth of Islam and what they know, and then they're mixing falsehood. They're mixing their own ideologies, their own feelings, right? Their own agenda is in there because most of the people who are teaching this have an agenda to pull people away from Islam. Uh-oh. You got people who are teaching on Islam. Their agenda is to pull people away from Islam. That's their ultimate goal. So their aim isn't to understand. Their aim isn't to put Islam in a good light. Their aim is to put Islam in a poor light to tell people, see, this is why you're supposed to come out of that. I literally heard the brother speak just like that. This is why my brothers in the nation of Islam need to come out of that. Because, see, his heart is perverted. His heart is is perverted and he wants to pull those away from Allah's way. See, he's working to hinder those from Allah's way. The whole Quran teaches about people like that. So he, he doesn't have pure intentions to try to teach anybody anything as it pertains to Islam. The, the goal for most of these people is to put Islam in a bad light. So whatever representation that they putting forth, Looks better than Islam and say, see, this is why you need to be following this. This is why you need to join my organization. This is why you need to follow me. Because everybody's trying to have some followers now. Everybody want to have some converts. Everybody want to act like they know so much. And that what they know is the complete and absolute verifiable truth. So they looking to try to find something that they can throw dirt on. And make their stuff look better and try to convert people over there. So this is what you have going on. Not nobody thoroughly just trying to teach. You got people that have underlying methods, underlying goals, underlying agendas, right? That they're trying to push through. And they're trying to use the name of God as a shield. 
for their dirty practices. That's what they got going on. So, Islam is not Arab culture. Islam is not Arab culture. Islam is peace. Islam is the full submission to do the will of Allah or God. That can take place on any part of the planet Earth. Submitting your will to do the will of God can take place on any part of the planet Earth. It's not just restricted to Mecca, Arabia. Now, who told you that? Who told you that the only way that you could submit your will to do the will of God was in Mecca, Arabia? It's not it. It's not the case, family. Somebody told you that, somebody lied. That's not the case. You can submit your will to do the will of God anywhere in the pla- on the planet Earth. All right? So you can practice Islam anywhere on the planet Earth. And because the nature that God created you with, which is an upright nature, a righteousness, because we come directly from him, then the peace that is Islam is already put inside of you when you are created. When you born into this world, you have peace already with you because you come from the creator who is the author of peace. So because you come from the creator who's the author of peace and peace is in you, you are born a Muslim. How about that? All of us are born Muslims. You born to submit your will to do the will of God. You born to practice peace. You born to have a peaceful state of mind. You born to have peace in your house. You born to have a peaceful life. And when you ask somebody truly what it is that they want out of life, what they really and truly want is peace. That's all. That's what you want. You want Islam in your life. You just don't know that you want Islam. See, you want to, you grew up a certain type of way, right? So, you uh, you know, traditionalism has kicked in. So, whatever your parents believe, you believe. Whatever your grandparents believe, your parents believe. Whatever your great-grandparents believe, your grandparents believe, and your parents believe, and they gave it to you. So, it's traditionalism, not knowledge, wisdom, and understanding of what it is that you actually practice or what it is that you say that you believe. You just go on with the flow. So check this out. The Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad said this about Islam. He said this. He said, according to the Holy Quran, Islam was given to us as a religion. This does not mean Islam is religion. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us that Islam is a world. This is the minister speaking. Embodying all that goes into the makeup of a world. Religion, politics, education, science, medicine, language, culture, commerce, art, and literature. This is Islam. The Western religion is separate from state. In Islam, the state emerges from the system of belief and practice. 
Having understood this, the mosque then is the place where we come to hear the message of Islam as taught by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and to practice what we are being taught in preparation for larger work, which is the building of a nation. So the minister said that Islam is a whole world that includes part of that world, religion. But you have politics, you have education, you have mathematics, science, you have commerce, you have multiple different facets that go and contribute to a world. And in the world of Islam, all of these different pieces and parts are very important. And religion is just a small portion of it. But in the, as the minister said, in the West, where we at, religion is separate from the state. So they say the church and the state because this is a Judeo-Christian nation. So they say that the separation between church and state, which is the separation between religion and state. In Islam, the state is brought into existence from the spirituality. See? From the practice of Islam brings forth the state, the government, the politics, right? The laws. You get all of that from the spiritual aspect in the study of the word of God. I want you to hear what I'm saying. So Islam is not no ritualistic religion that you practice on Monday, Wednesday, Sundays, and then you go back to acting the fool the other days that you out in the street. Islam is a part of your life. You're, you're always practicing Islam. You always are looking to seek Peace in every situation that you're in, even if it's aggressive, even if it's hostile, even if it's not a friendly situation towards you, as long as you're not aggressed upon, as long as nobody is aggressive towards you, as long as some, somebody doesn't aggress you, put their hands on you and seek to do you harm, we always looking for peace. Always, no matter how much you yell, no matter how much you cuss, no matter how much you say X, Y, and Z. We always looking for peace because we are peaceful people. And if we're not able to reason with you, then we'll kindly give you the greetings of peace be unto you and we'll keep it moving because we don't want no problems. We don't want no altercations. We don't want any of that because we're peaceful. And if we practice in Islam, peace is at your core because God is at your core and you should always be seeking peace. So, if this is part of your lifestyle, then this goes beyond your spiritual building, your physical structure that you go to on a Sunday or a Wednesday or a Friday night. It's beyond that. You got the spiritual building that you go to. Praise be to Allah. You go there, you tap in with the believers. But when you leave there, those same tenets and principles all should be practiced. You still should be charitable. You still should be praying. You still should be treating people the way that you want to be treated. Uh-huh. These are all things that you should be practicing outside of the spiritual, physical building that you visit on certain days. So Islam is a world, as the minister just broke down. It's a world. And it embodies all that goes into the making up of a world. 
religion, politics, education, science, medicine, language, culture, commerce, art, and literature. So in Arabia, Islam includes the culture. You're going to have Arab culture in Arabia as they practice Islam. But that doesn't make them the end-all, be-all of Islam. And we have to stop allowing people that's teaching that to get away with that because that's not the case. It's not the case. So while they may differ with us about Allah, because that's where the difference is, that's where we have an issue because we say that Allah appeared in the person of Master Father Muhammad, who is a real live human being, and most mainstream orthodox Muslims don't believe that And as a matter of fact They consider that to be shirk Because specifically there's a surah in the Quran That says Allah begets not nor is he begotten Right Begets not nor is he begotten So meaning Allah didn't have a birth So if Allah didn't have a birth Then how is Allah a man or a human being This is the perspective from Orthodox Islam. Right? That's not our position entirely. Because we we have come to understand through what we've been taught that the physical makeup is finite. Which means that it's not going to live forever. But it is what the physical is used to manifest the invisible or the unseen. So whatever is unseen or invisible needs a conductor, needs a vessel to help make manifest that which is unseen. So I'll give you an example. Electricity is unseen. You don't see electricity. You don't see the voltage of electricity shooting through your home, lighting up your lights, cutting on your stove, Turning on your refrigerator Charging your phone You don't see the electricity that does that That's responsible for that It's unseen But it has something called Conductors That are copper That are ran through your home Copper wires that are ran through your home And what they do Is they receive The unseen energy The unseen Power from electricity And when they receive the unseen power Of the electricity They are able to manifest it Into a physical existence Because of the physical vessel That carries that energy Do you follow what I'm saying? So the same way that electricity Is made manifest in the physical through a conductor or a vessel that carries that energy through your light bulb, through your television, computer, cell phone, all of the different things that run on electricity in your house, the same is true for the spirit and the embodiment of the creator. See, the first one who created the heavens and the earth the physical manifestation of him is no longer in existence. But the mind, the wisdom, 
And the understanding and the supreme power of that first one is in the one who we say visited us. Because the one who visited us had an impossible job. There was an impossible sort of second, uh, uh, there was an impossible set of circumstances in place when the God came to visit us. Because the problem that he encountered was only a problem that he could only fix. See, no prophets was going to be able to deal with this. No messengers was going to be able to deal with this. The problem that the God faced was an impossible problem that only God himself could fix. I want you to hear what I'm about to say. So when the God visited us, he visited what the Bible has categorized as a dead people. He categorized this in the scripture, in the Bible, as a dead people. People that are dead. See? So when you hear the language of the scripture talk about Jesus resurrecting the dead, and in the Holy Quran, when it talks about Jesus resurrecting the dead, the, uh, the Quran added this part that my Christian family misses out on. See, the Quran says that Jesus raises the dead by Allah's permission. Huh? See, the one that was prophesied to come, he comes and he does raise the dead. He does make the blind see. He does help the deaf hear and the dumb to speak. He does do those things, but he does those things by Allah's permission. See, so the, the, so the one that comes, comes with the backing of God. He comes with the power of God. So when God visited us, he visited us in our dead-like condition. We was in the graveyard of ignorance. We were in darkness. We were completely in bad shape. Nobody was coming to get us. So as our brothers in the lodge say, as they, and as they understand it, you know, Hiram Abiff, who was the chief architect for King Solomon's temple, was, was, was jumped one day by three ruffians who had a plan. And they went ahead and beat them all across the head, Hiram Abiff, and they took him on a westerly course and they buried him in the far north country and in the shallow grave there was a sprig of cassius there which was some light small green and this green represents life even though he was dead meaning that if one would come with enough strength then they could bring Hiram back to life well, this is the condition that the black man and black woman was in in America. We was a dead people. We had been carried out of the East via slavery on a westerly course, uh, the transatlantic slave trade. I want you to talk to me. And from that transatlantic slave trade, we was buried in the far north country, a.k.a. North America, in a shallow grave. All of the blood spilled in the south. All of the blood spilled on these plantations from us being killed and murdered by our slave masters and our slave masters' children. 
We in this shallow grave because they strip from us the knowledge of self. They strip from us our language, our culture, our uh, more ways and our folk ways, our language, our names, our God. We don't know anything about ourselves. So we are in a shallow grave of darkness and ignorance. Uh -huh. But, 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 there's a sprig of cashews there. There's life there. But only one with the power to raise you from the dead. Mm. So one has to come with enough strength to raise you up from the dead. This is what is this is what the scripture talk about. And this is the description that is given in Bible of a dead people. And this is why God has to come. See, he tells Abraham in, in Genesis that he's coming after 400 years of affliction to your seed. Hmm? And see, he said, I'm going to deliver them myself. I'm not sending no prophet, no messenger to do that. I'm going to deliver them myself. So what he does, the God comes after the 400 year affliction. And see, nobody else matches that description, particularly the 400 years of affliction, other than the black man and black woman in America. Because I know y'all going to say, well, Brother Cam, know it's some other people that were slaves y'all weren't the only people that were slaves or mis mistreated or oppressed and abused so how do you feel like that description is pertaining to y'all because nobody was oppressed abused mistreated misused for 400 years though see well everybody else got they got their time but they didn't have it for 400 years we was in chattel slavery for 310 years Think, I want you to think about that. We was in physical slavery for 310 years. Physical bondage. Now, some of my Christian uh, scholars try to tell me that the 400-year affliction actually happened in the past. It doesn't pertain to black people in America. And there was a set of Hebrews or the children of Israel who were in bondage for 200 years at one point here and then another 200 years at this point here. The fact of the matter is nobody fits a 400 year straight line of affliction like the black man and black woman in America. Huh? That's just real talk. That's just real talk. So now the God comes, right? And he's faced with the impossible problem that only he himself can fix. So what he does is he begins the work of the resurrection and he comes with a word. So what does the Bible say? In the beginning was the what? The word. And the word was with God. Huh? And the word was God. And then the word, what? Became flesh and dwelled among us. I.E. Master Father Muhammad. The word became flesh and dwelled among us. Dwelled among men. Master Fard Muhammad was a real live human being. And he dwelled among the men. Teaching. Raising. Making the blind see. Making the deaf hear. Making the dumb speak. The fulfiller of the scripture. 
See, Master Father Muhammad fulfilling the scripture. So he said, well, how, do, how does that go with what the mainstream Muslims say about Allah being a man? Because we're showing you the work. It's not just what we say. Now it's the work because anybody can come and say that they God. Anybody can walk around and talk about, you know, they God has been people that's, that's did it before. You know, you got Jim Jones. You got, you know, a lot of other individuals. The guy, I can't think of his name, that had the Mormon church. He was supposed to be reincarnation to Jesus Christ. You know, you got a lot of people out here that say that they are God. But then when you look at the work, when you look at the work, the work doesn't match the work of Master Fahd Muhammad. You understand me? Because Master Fahd Muhammad didn't go and just get no, no people who kind of fell off the, the, the railroad track. No, we was way off. We was way out of pocket. Black people were so ignorant. He went to the worst part of the United States of America. He didn't even come to any particular part of North America. He went to the worst part of North America. So not only do you come to the worst people, but now you come to the worst people and then find where the worst people are populated at. The highest concentration of the worst people in the worst condition. Where they at? I got to go there. Because this is what's going to have people bear witness that what I say and what I've taught them is from God himself. So what I was talking about when it comes to the electricity and the vessel, that same mind, that same wisdom, knowledge and superior power is in the mind, in the head of Master Fahd Muhammad. Not that Master Fahd Muhammad put the sun out there. Not that Master Fahd Muhammad put the moon out there and, 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 cre and created light and day and put the earth where it's at and put Venus where it's at and Mars where it's at. No, sir. No, sir. That's not what we're saying. And if that's what you think we're saying, let me clear that up. That's not what we're saying. Master Fahd Muhammad was not the creator. He was not the first one, not the originator of the heavens of the earth. He's not him. But what he is is the possessor of the knowledge of that one. Hmm? He's the possessor of the knowledge of that one. And who will take that knowledge further. See? This is why we say that Allah came in the person or Allah appeared in the person of Master Fard Muhammad. July 4th, 1930. So that's the only description, you know, the, the um, you know, um, discrepancy that we have with our Muslim brothers and sisters from the East, right? Because they have, they having trouble understanding that concept. And it's fine because, again, they are victims of traditionalism the same way that our brothers and sisters, a lot of us are victims of of traditionalism when it comes to christianity they are victims of traditionalism from islam they only been taught islam a specific way so of course they're not gonna understand when someone comes with another perspective of islam but it's beautiful teaching in it because the most honorable elijah muhammad as what he was taught the islam that he gave us is perfectly suited for the black man 
perfectly suited for us in this condition here in North America. Perfectly suited to deal with the condition in the world of debauchery and sin and wickedness that we constantly have to deal with on a regular basis. This Islam is the cure to our problems. This Islam. See, not the old Islam. We need the new Islam. Because. You know, it's some stuff in the it's some stuff in the Quran. It's some stuff in the Quran that if you don't have the proper understanding, you can be out here acting a whole fool. It's some stuff in the Bible. If you don't have the proper understanding, you can get out here and act a whole fool. See, Solomon had a thousand wives, you know, and concubines. Hundreds of wives, I believe. He's a hundred. He had a thousand concubines and hundreds of wives. Now, see, if you got a problem with women and you like to have a lot of them, then you can utilize what Solomon had and think that you can do that. The Quran got similar stuff in it, right? You know, it talks about having multiple wives in the Quran. It talks about it talks about a lot of stuff. And if you got a sick mind, you can justify what's in this book if you don't have the proper interpretation. So what does Allah do to keep you from messing yourself up? How does the God save us from ourselves? Because he does it. He sends you a, a guide. <laughs> in this case, he's the guide. He's the Matt D. That's what it's called in in, 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 in Arabic, Mahdi. So if you read the back of the Final Call newspaper, it says that Master Father Muhammad, we believe he's the long-awaited Messiah of the Christians and Mahdi of the Muslims. Mahdi means guide, self-guided one, meaning he coming by himself and he's guiding himself. And the reason why he's able to guide himself because in his mind is the wisdom of God. So who else is going to be able to guide someone with the wisdom of God? What wisdom is coming after that wisdom? Make it make sense. So this is why we say that Master Far Muhammad came and he is who he is. And again, they having trouble understanding that. We understand. The minister said it takes a long time for a big ship to turn. It takes a long time. Just because you turn that, that wheel all the way and then it stop, boat ain't just going to flip like that. No big boat just going to flip like that. No, sir. No, it's going to take some time. So we understand that you just hearing this concept for the first time, you don't really understand it. So, of course, it's going to take some time for you to get some understanding. We don't mind that. That's fine. That's the little disagreement that we have with our brothers and sisters from the East. All right? But what also I want to talk about is these fake lying teachers out here. These fake lying, quote-unquote, teachers of religion who sit up and try to use verses out of the Quran. And try to tell the people that because this verse exists in the Quran, 
that you should turn your back on the Quran and Islam. And that's just completely false. Because as I highlighted earlier, with the example from the Bible, based on that example and what the moral ethic code is of today in the West here in America, you should turn your back on what that representation is talking about. Because don't get it twisted. Solomon was highly regarded by God. So if, if God highly regarded Solomon and was very aware of Solomon's life, then we could easily, with our foolishness, try to justify that today. But we'd be, we would be... Based on the way we live in today, morally, we couldn't justify that. But we're not going out here telling nobody you should turn your back on the Bible. You should turn your back on the prophets of God that are written up in the Bible because of what the scripture says. It's because the understanding has to be proper. And it's the same thing. So we just asking for the same respect be given for the Holy Quran that is given for the Bible. Because what happens is now you are poisoning the word of God, God Almighty. You poisoning the word of God. This is why the minister says that the heart has to be clean. There has to be a circumcision of the heart to help purify the heart of unclean thoughts, ideas. Right? Feelings. Because when you go before the people and speak, if you don't have a clean heart, this is why you're supposed to pray before you address God's people. Because if you don't have a clean heart, then the impurities of the heart will contaminate the word. And now you're teaching and preaching a contaminated word to the people. And this is what's going on on all these platforms on Clubhouse and you know, all these other places where they want to keep Islam in their mouth. And they want to keep the nation of Islam in their mouth. But what they're doing is they're preaching and teaching a poison word to the people. And that's not a good thing. Because see, Allah, God is going to deal with you for hindering people from Allah's way. You shouldn't do that. If you don't agree with the way that they're taking to get to Allah, then that's what you handle on your personal time in your own personal situation. But you don't go public and try to persuade people away because now you're lining yourself up for the wrath of God. You're setting yourself right in the crosshairs for the wrath of God to be brought down on you because of your lack of understanding. And because you refuse to heed and take the warning that was given for you. So this is what I wanted to address. Those individuals who are teaching that contaminated word and trying to lie and say that the Quran is bad for you and Islam is bad for you and that you should come away from that into something that they Got going on No family No And what we have to do is We have to study more We we can't continue 
to just allow people to tell us stuff. When you hear certain stuff, you should go and you should follow up on what they said and even go further, deeper into what they said. So if they tell you that Islam started with Muhammad, well, we got to go check that out. Let me go see what's good with that. Let me make sure what he said was the truth. Not just sit up there and, and eat it up and don't do no follow-up. We can't be lazy learners. So if you go into a space, Twitter space, clubhouse, room, you follow a particular person on social media, you should be vetting what they're saying. You should be following up what they're saying to validate to make sure that what they're saying is accurate because the people that are lying and are liars and the Bible is going to talk about the false prophets. So you have that aspect going on. People who say things just to get views and for their own personal gain. So you should be vetting and you should be checking the different things that these people are talking about. Because if you do that, you're going to come across other information that's going to take you down a further or a different path to different information. And you're going to learn about Muslims who practice Islam before Prophet Muhammad and before the Holy Quran was revealed and Islam got a name. But you're going to find that there were civilizations of people who practiced peace way before Prophet Muhammad did. Way before there was Arabs. There was people in civilization practicing peace, being charitable, the oneness of God, in full submission to do the will of God, respecting nature. You're going to see there was civilizations that was in existence doing this before there was an Arab, before there was a prophet Muhammad. So don't let nobody sit up there and lie to you and tell you that Islam began with the prophet. That's not true. Islam was given the name with the revealing of the Quran. But as the Quran says, Islam is your nature. God created you with a specific upright nature. And that nature was given to you as a religion. Your nature was given to you as a religion so that you can build a world from your nature, which is Islam. And then you can be able to put into practice and into play all of these different industries of religion, politics, education, language, culture, science, medicine, commerce, and literature. You'll be able to build a world out of the nature in which God has created you in because Islam is not just religion. Islam is the manifestation of God's kingdom on earth. That's what Islam is. So let's stop with the games. Now, we love to stay attached to our titles, and that's fine. That's fine. We, I'm not with the religious gang banging. But if you want to bang and rep your set, that's fine. You say, well, I ain't calling it no damn Islam because I'm not no Muslim. I'm a Christian, and I follow Jesus, and this is what I'm going to do. I'm Christ-like. Okay, fine. You can be that. Nobody's stopping you from being that. But we still have to build the kingdom of heaven on earth. 
So with your Christ-like self, you should be helping us to build the kingdom of heaven on earth. We should not be gangbanging. We should not be trying to pull people from this side and try to pull people from that side and try to persuade people out of this and try to tell them they shouldn't be doing that. As long as it's not unrighteous, as long as they treating you with respect, as long as they treating you the way that you want to be treated, as long as they're giving the glory and honor to the most high, the creator, the universe, God, Allah, Yahweh, Jehovah, as long as they're doing that, we shouldn't have any problems because it's only one source. It's only one God, no matter what you call them, no matter what you label them. The practice is peace. The nature is uprightness, no matter what you call it. If it's spirituality, if it's pan-Africanism, if it's whatever you call yourself doing, Christian, Muslim, Jew, Buddhist, Hindu, whatever you call yourself, that's fine because you're going to label either way it go. God ain't into all of that, and he could care less about what you call yourself. But for the sake of your sanity, you can call yourself what you like. The principles of the matter still have to remain the same. We must be in peace and in oneness with God and working to build the kingdom of heaven on God, uh, in earth, on the earth, in full submission to him. That's it. Everything else is irrelevant. Everything else is irrelevant. All right? So... <clears throat> As we go ahead and get ready to conclude this, because I think I've explained, I think I've explained that uh, thoroughly. The differences. See? I think I've explained that. So important. And let me, let me just talk a little bit about the nation of Islam, because what they try to do is they try to say that certain things that the Quran teaches or what they teach in Mainstream Islam We know that they don't teach that In the nation of Islam So we're not talking about y'all And what that is really doing This is the pervertedness of this This is the sickness of this This is the contamination of what they're doing Is they're trying to tie in They're tying in the Quran Because they know that we stand on the Quran As Muslims We're going to ride with the Quran Nation of Islam, Sunni, Sufi, right? We're going to ride with the Quran. So they're tying in the Quran and verses in the Quran, and then they try to hide their hand and say, we're not talking about you, but we're specifically talking about this verse and this action in the Quran. And because you all are Muslims, and follow this book Even though you may not practice What this particular verse is saying You follow this book And because this book offers this as a verse As a practice As a command This whole book should be thrown away But we're not talking about y'all So y'all shouldn't be offended by what we're saying You see the deception in that? Do you see the wickedness in that? Do you see the contamination in that? Because if you really care for your brothers, 
If you really cared about what we believed and what we practiced, then you would not try to hamstring us like that. But you hamstringing us the same way that those silly people hamstrung the camel after God told them to lead a she camel alone. They hamstrung the camel and God had to chastise them for that. So the same way that God chastised them for hamstringing the she camel, God is going to hamstring you for your mistreatment of the righteous. And having us to have to stand up like that and have to come at you like that because of what you've been saying. Yeah, Hebrew Israelites, brother Gerard, or anybody else who try to do what they do, we got to address all of it because that's what they're trying to do. And then they try to hide their hand. And this is so important if you think about the supreme wisdom in our lessons. It talks about when the devil was made, the devil came back into the Holy Land. See, the devil wasn't made in the Holy Land, but he came back to the Holy Land and he hung out for six months. But he was there hanging out for six months and he caused mischief in the shedding of blood. Well, how? How did he do that? He made mischief by telling lies. That's why he got put out. See, that's why the devil got put out from among the righteous because he came among them and he started telling lies. And when he started telling lies, he caused the righteous to fight and kill one another so that he would be free to do his devilishment. So this is why we had to put him out. Well, when you go into clubhouse rooms and you go into Twitter space rooms and these so-called righteous people are in there telling lies and they in there making mischief. They in there throwing the rock and hiding their hand. Then you know these people are not of God. You know that their intention is not of God. You know that they have a heart that is perverted with a particular intention to make mischief and cause the shedding of blood among the righteous. So what we should do is when we come into that environment and we understand and we able to see that this is what's going on, we should move quickly to remove them from that environment. We should call it out family. We need to call that type of behavior out because we don't have time for that in our community because what happens when you telling lies among the righteous and you making mischief you cause the righteous to fight and kill one another. And we can't progress if the righteous is fighting and killing one another. If we sitting around debating with you about scripture, if we sitting around on Clubhouse trying to make content about scriptural differences and texture misunderstandings from holy books, we're not going to progress that way if the leadership is so childish, so underdeveloped so silly where they spend time doing that instead of spending time coming together and figuring out solutions to help change the condition of the people because around this time we are all in the pathway of the judgment of God we are all in that way see you ain't gonna escape because you say shalom you ain't gonna escape because you wear fringes you ain't going to escape because you got a headpiece or a bow tie or a Bible or a cross or a Quran. 
You ain't gonna escape Because of any of that See You only escape the wrath of God When you submit to his will And everything submits to the will of God Willingly or unwillingly Meaning you going Now whether you go quietly Or you go kicking and screaming That's up to you But you going We going I'm going We all going How you go is up to you You determine that But you going So My dear family Let's not allow these people to lie to us Let's not allow these people to Change the way that we perceive things Make sure that you are Vetting and doing your own research On the things that these people say Understand the motive That was the word I've been looking for all night long Was the motive See these people who are doing this type of teaching are Have a very sick motive behind what they're doing They don't have pure intentions They're not coming from a place of love They're coming from a motive To get people over to their organization They're coming from the motive To destroy Islam To destroy the work of the prophet And to destroy all of those Who came to life Through the teachings of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad As taught by the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan They are enemies of God Anytime you see a man do great work Whether you agree With the method in which he taught the work or taught the the, the 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 knowledge to get people to accomplish the things that they accomplish. When you come behind that and you seek to destroy what was done. And seek to destroy those who came to life from that message. You are a enemy of God. I'm going to read this to you real quick. Where is that? Where's my book at? I you to read. I'm going to read this right here. Right here. So this is this is important. See, because you got people that are openly operating as the enemies of God. See? So the minister look, the minister said this. He said a person who is brilliant and immoral is an enemy to the aim and purpose of God in making us in his image and in his likeness. So these brothers are smart. These brothers know a lot of history. These brothers know a lot of scripture. But they are they are using what they have for wicked and vain purposes. These, these people are brilliant and immoral. See? They're immoral because they're using their brilliance for wickedness. They're using their brilliance for devilishment. They're using their brilliance to try to pull people away from God versus then pushing people towards God. So they've now become immoral in their practice of their brilliance. Ooh-wee. In their practice of their brilliance, in the exercise of the knowledge that they have, they've become immoral. And when they become immoral, they become enemies to the aim and purpose of God in him creating us in his likeness and in his image. I want you to think on what I just said. You have become an enemy. You've become an enemy to God 
because of your misuse of your brilliance, the misuse of your wisdom, the misuse of your knowledge. So you hear it every day on these platforms, these brothers and sisters misusing their knowledge and using it for vain purposes to make themselves feel good, to make themselves sound good, to make themselves converts of people to themselves other than converts to God. So this is what you have going on, family. And I I, I wanted to come on and talk about that because I feel like it's important because it's being lost. And I wanted to do it here because doing it on Clubhouse for a person who might not be well-versed in Islam, Christianity, Hebrew-Israelite doctrine, for a person who's listening to all of this for the first time, Clubhouse is not a good place to start because you're going to be confused. If you sincerely are looking for information, you will be confused by going on Clubhouse because the conversations on Clubhouse are not structured, these ones I'm talking about. They're not structured in a way people can learn. These are conversations that are structured specifically with the intent to create content and to make mischief in the shedding of blood among the righteous. It's designed to create and cause tension and spark arguments and debates to create good clickable content for social media because a lot of these dudes is hungry. See, when you're not eating out here, and then you'll result to do whatever to try to get some money. So these dudes is really like sold a soul, which means they violated their moral compass. Because deep down inside, they really don't want to do this. Most of them. Because it's not really productive for them. Because all they do is they do this and then they go back in their back rooms and laugh and giggle about it. So we got them tapes too. But so it's not really moving the needle. Because no matter how many people you talk to on Clubhouse, you can't erase the work that God has did for the past 90 years. You not you can't erase that work. No matter how many Clubhouse rooms you host. Ain't going to work. So you can continue to knock yourself out. Like Jada kid said, knock yourself out. You know, because we ain't tripping on that. But it's the intention, it's the motive in which you moving. This is really a warning for you. It's not for me. It's for you to stop what you're doing. And you should come and be in unity with your brothers. See, you should be in, you should come and be in unity with your family so that we can teach the people about the oneness of God. Because it's a lot that, you know, a lot of these people say that is true, that our people definitely need to know. But it's also a lot that's being said that's not true. And it's you being used to cause division amongst individuals. And we can't have that. So I wanted to have the conversation in this space because this space, we can control the conversation. We can teach. We can elaborate. We can deep dive. We don't have a bunch of people yelling across each other, cutting each other off. All of that kind of foolishness that go on on Clubhouse. So this is why I chose that space this space, excuse me, for this conversation because I thought that part of it was important because there's people out here that really want to learn. 
You you is people that really want to learn, and those individuals who want to learn, you can come here, you can play it back, you can listen, you can tap in, and you don't have to worry about any distractions. Clubhouse is nothing but a big distraction if you're going over there for learning purposes. When it comes to these specific specific rooms and topics, see, anytime an outside group has the Nation of Islam in their title on Clubhouse, that's not a room you want to learn in. Because that's a room that's baiting for uh, people to come in so they can argue. That's a clickbait room to get people in there to argue. That's all that is. It's not a room to have a healthy, productive discussion. That's a room that wants to get their followers up. They want to get their views up. Want to get their listens up. Get their clubhouse members up. So they choose topics that create controversy. So they can have a controversial discussion, have an argument, and then be able to create content that's going to help them grow. But we're not on that right now. Now, that is a good way to obviously build a following. And that way can be used in a righteous manner in order to increase your following on social media. But we're not consciously um, and purposely Creating division among people who say they are there to help uplift, educate, and increase the consciousness of the people. It's not what we. That's not what we doing. We're not doing that again. Using your brilliance for wickedness, using your knowledge for immorality, and you become an enemy of God in His aim and His purpose for human beings who were created in His image and in His likeness. It's real talk, family. It's real talk. So. I appreciate all of those who have been tapped in. I know this was a late night. Like I mentioned, this was on the humbug. I wanted to tackle this subject and it was just on me to drop it like tonight. So it was random. So anybody who caught this, I appreciate you for commenting in the comment section. I appreciate brother Majid, brother NBA. I appreciate brother Gerard, you know, that made some comments in the comment section. Appreciate y'all for tapping in. For those who are watching, give your brother a follow and subscribe. Give your brother a, uh, a a thumbs up. Comment your thoughts in the comment section. Let me know how you felt about what we're saying here tonight. I really appreciate it. Share this link out. Let's get some more people to watch this on the replay family. I certainly appreciate it. We, we working, striving to build up this YouTube channel. So I appreciate everything um, that everybody does who watches the YouTube channel. And supports the channel and, and uh, you know, and gets as many people tapped in as possible. So it's definitely a dope thing. So I appreciate y'all family. And uh, may Allah be pleased um, with the delivering of this message. And uh, may Allah continue to bless you with the light of under understanding. And um, I leave you in the greeting words of peace. We say it in the Arabic language.
Not your average nigga, I'm a god out the hood. They can't downplay me. I came up, I'm elevated. Elevated. I ain't gotta say too much for them to know I'm coming for what's mine. You know they see me in my presence, eh? They see how I'm coming. Young, but you not just gonna finesse me like you did my people's name back when you said they was emancipated. This ain't that. Your head too big. You feeling yourself. The game wasn't fair. You had the advantage. We weren't educated. Ooh. I don't look at you people the same. Nah. Your worst nightmare, my skin tone about them change. Yeah. Not no circus lion, son, son. I can't be tamed. Nah. You gon' have to kill me, pussy. Toby ain't my name. Y'all still wanna stink our history started.